Hi there, skating fans. Welcome to another edition of the Skate Canada Alumni Podcast. On this month's blog, two-time Canadian champion Cynthia Phaneuf opens up about her career on and off the ice since her retirement back in 2012 and particularly about how her life has changed since her last competitive performance. Let's join Cynthia and alumni chair Debbie Wilkes as they reconnect and bring us all up to date on Cynthia's travels and successes. Cynthia, it's such a pleasure to have you with us. I feel like it's been too many years since I've had a Cynthia sighting. Um, thanks for joining us today. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm thinking back probably one of the most memorable times that I spent with you was exactly 10 years ago, right now, in Vancouver. Does that That's rustle right. up some memories? That's correct. And I just put a picture on my personal Instagram just a few years ago, uh, just a few days ago, um, and you know about one of the, like one of the best picture I have from from there, and it was a picture of me on the ice with seeing you know the sign of the Olympic uh, right behind me, and it's been ten years already. Like it's it's crazy. I feel like it's been only uh, a few years, you know, and so many things happened for me since then. But it, it's been. It's been an incredible journey for me since then, and those memories will last forever, for sure. Yeah, I completely agree. It was such an amazing event, and I felt so honored and proud to be part of it as well. And to to work with you and the rest of the Canadian team for the Games was um, one of the highlights of my career, that's for sure. But you mentioned about how much life has changed for you in the years since then. Why don't we start with today? Because our viewers will be, or our listeners will be as interested to hear where you are now. Tell us about your family, what's happening career-wise. So let's start there. Give us a breakdown. Sounds good. So for me, life right now is very different than what it has been for so many years because, you know, being an athlete means taking care of yourself first and putting your needs first um, because that, that's how you can just perform at your best level. So for me right now, life is so different because me and my husband, Maxim Talbot, who was a professional hockey player for many years who just retired this year, um, we have three kids together and, you know, the kids comes first and then, you know, my family, my husband, and then me, I, even the dog, you know, comes first, <laughs> you know, and there's me. So life is very different right now. And I love it because I feel like I just, you know, I've been putting um, so much attention about how my body was feeling, how my performances were doing. And, you know, now it feels good to just take care of the people I love. And we're here on the south shore of Montreal right now. We've been traveling around the world because of uh, my husband's work, because it was playing a little bit um, in the United States. And then we moved to Russia for three years. So life has, has been very exciting for us. 
And um, it, it was nothing but routine. So what my life was before, it was always a routine and being very uh, careful of, you know, just always taking care of myself. So now it's been very different, but um, it's been bringing a side of my personality that I, I really enjoy. So life is good. We're on the south shore of Montreal, like I just said earlier, and yes. it's our first year back um, in Quebec for us, our first full year since maybe seven years now. So yes. things are very good. Well, it, it is a huge change, but it's always wonderful. Certainly in my experience, it's always been wonderful to come home, whether yes. whether it's to a house that you grew up in, whether it's a community in which you grew up, but um, certainly being back in Montreal, it's a, a great opportunity for you both, I'm sure. And also, I mean, I know you've, uh, Maxime, played for several teams in the NHL. Did you have a, a city there that you particularly enjoyed? I think, uh, without, well, actually, without a doubt, all the cities were amazing. But for me, my like favorite city was Denver in Colorado. It yeah. was absolutely delightful to be there. And this is where I gave birth to my son, who was our first child um, back in 2014, Jackson. And it was amazing being there. It was it, it was a city that was actually, you know, it was sunny all the time and the weather was amazing. And we had the mountains very close to us. And I, I always have been someone that really loves nature. So I have the best of both worlds, you know. I, I we have a great downtown that wasn't too too busy, uh, and, but then I could get in the mountains with the baby uh, in my backpack and just explore and go uh, into different trails. So for me, it was one of the best experiences in my life. Did you feel at all that Denver was a little bit like Montreal? I mean, the mountains close by. Uh, that yeah, kind of exactly uh, yeah. exactly because here in, in the south shore we have Mont Saint Hilaire and we have Mont Saint Bruno so we have two small mountains that are close by and I've uh, when I was a child I used to always go in Mont Saint Hilaire with my grandfather and with my mom they always brought me there to just even to work out when I was um, uh, in my in my years like before the Olympics like in the weekend because you know I was so scared that I would miss one day of training I would go in the mountain during the weekend and just you know smell the good fresh hair there and have a little workout in the mountain so for me it was something that I was used to and something that I would found in Denver that was something familiar to me. Yeah and I think if you can stay in touch with nature that seems to be a bit of a common thread among athletes among high performance athletes that nature becomes very important to them as a kind of balancing tool yeah. um, away away from the stress of the rink or wherever your game venue may be. It seems that that, that is something that a lot of athletes use as a tool to kind of bring them back down to earth. I exactly. certainly did I think too. That's yeah, it's a very good comparison because you're always, you know, on that very high stress level that at one point you just need to come back to nature and just realize that, you know, at the end of the day, nature is going to still be there. You're still going to find your balance. 
And yes. it's a sport. Yes, it's your life, but it's still a sport and you have to enjoy it. But at the end of the day, you're still connected to earth and this this is always going to be there, you know. So it's something yes. very nice to have, you know, like this is not going to go away. Even if things are not going well, this is still going to be here. So I think maybe that's why athletes find a good connection to it because of that. And you you were also in, and correct me here if I have my cities wrong, you were also in um, Boston, Pittsburgh, yep. Philly, and was Denver your uh, Maxine's last NHL team? Um, actually, we were in Boston after, so we were, I, I wasn't with them when it was in uh, Pittsburgh, um, but then I moved to Philly with him, and then uh, we went right away to Denver when I was like seven months pregnant and got traded. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, that was, that was, that was an adventure. So it was good for me to have that athlete background back then, because, yeah. you know, we're used to be on, on, you know, on the clock and on the stress and how it works in the NHL is that when you get traded, you have the, he went for practice in the morning and then came back home early evening. And he was like, well, I'm leaving tomorrow for Denver. I, I've just been traded. And we had a house to pack and everything. And I was like, okay, I'm seven months pregnant. It's my first baby. I don't know what to do. We need to find, you know, a doctor there. We need to find a house. I need to pack everything because we didn't have any family there. And for me, it was just a challenge. Like, you know, we're going to do this. We're going to do this well. It's an adventure. And let's go and have fun doing it. And that's what happened. You know, everything went well. I arrived in Denver and things went super well. We find another doctor and... You know, everything went smoothly, but I think having the background of being an athlete and being under pressure and being able to perform or, you know, just think clarity was an advantage for sure at this point in our life, for sure. Well, with all the situations that you would have had to deal with uh, as an elite athlete, you were two-time Canadian champion with, with a number of years in between those two titles. And yeah. you you were faced with injuries um, mm-hmm. that I think um, for anyone, but particularly an athlete, you become pretty resilient. You respond well to situations, and and certainly I imagine then moving to Russia that must have created a whole bunch of other stuff that you had to deal with. Walk exactly. Yeah, uh, for sure. And one of the things that for sure me and Max are remembering one the most is that uh, before he signed the contract going to Russia, he was he didn't want to go that much. He was like, oh, I'm not sure. I think it's going to be too hard for the family. And because people weren't talking very good stuff about, you know, living in Russia and and, and being there and raising a family there. But because of figure skating, I've been a few times. And I was like, no, it's it's not like people, people say it is. Like they're, they're remembering the stuff from back then, from years ago. It's not like that anymore. We need to go. It's going to be an amazing adventure for the family. The people there are awesome. Like we can have a very nice like family um, adventure all together. And it turned out exactly the way I thought it was, it was, but it was such a big, I was putting so much pressure on him because he wasn't like, he wasn't <laughs> sure if, I, if he could trust me. He was like, are you sure? Yeah. Sign in the bottom of the paper. We need to go. 
<laughs> we, it's going to be fine. Trust me. And it turned out fine. And we had such an amazing experience and we met amazing people there. And yes, it wasn't like it was in Canada or in the States. We had some tough moments, but we, we grew, um, we grew stronger as a family and it made us close to each other. And, you know, we just needed to, to go through, to these, through this phase of our life and Russia was only good memories for us. So I'm, I'm very happy and proud that we, we went there as a family and we had those uh, great moments all together. Were any of your children born there? No, actually, uh, Florence would, could have been born there, but uh, I gave birth to her in the summer right before um, Max left. So I gave birth to Florence, her third child, and Max left seven days after she was born. And we only uh, went to meet him two months after. So that was one of the tough, when, when I'm talking about the tough uh, stuff we have to go through, that was one of them, the separation was the tough, toughest part for us because I gave birth to Florence and it was uh, it was not a, an easy uh, an easy birth and um, being left here without my husband, you know my anchor um, that mm-hmm. was in Russia and I had to fight for a job and it was so far from from me that that was that was kind of hard and two months two months for the kids without the, their father was was a long period, so these are. These are tough moments we we've been through, but um, actually we 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 don't really remember them. You know, it's the, the coming back to, together after it was so many emotions for us, and it, it made us grow stronger. Like I said earlier, so we remember a lot of very good things about Russia, but for sure the separation was one of the hardest hardest thing after the birth of Florence we had to go through. Yeah, I can imagine. When yeah. you were in Russia, you're there with three small children. Um, yes. Did you connect with any of your former figure skating pals while you were there? Where were you stationed? Were you in Moscow? Um, the two first year we were there, we were in Yaroslav. So it is a smaller town. And no, there wasn't any uh, figure skating people that I knew there. And even the last year we were in Moscow um, and I didn't connect it with anyone from skating. Um, and at the same time, you know, when you have two, three young children, <laughs> Who and I don't have, <laughs> yes, exactly. So, you know, it's not like I have my same, the same, you know, people around me that I have here right now. Here I have my mom helping me very much. And there I was just by myself. So I couldn't get, you know, someone to to watch the kids and just go out for dinner. And we didn't have that reality. So it was, uh, so for us, we have our, we had our family that came first. And then sometimes we could, you know, me and Max go out and one of our friends from the team were coming watch the kids but that didn't happen very often um so whenever we had a chance we would just stay home you know with the kids and spend time with them so I didn't have a lot of chances to to get out and you know meet some with some friends with the three kids for sure well it's it's always a challenge especially when they're so young I mean I I only had two and I used to think that if there was a day that I actually got a shower and brushed my teeth, that was a successful day. 
<laughs> but you know, it's like that in the in in the few first years, right? So yeah. I was in that situation, and when we were in Russia, it was you know I had a kindergarten um, <laughs> schedule at home, so we would get up in the morning, have the breakfast, we dress up the three kids, we get outside, we go play, we come back home, we have the lunch, and then it's the nap, and then we start again. So you know we had that very routine schedule for the kids and I was always keeping that like they were in in the kindergarten because I wanted them to have that same kind of schedule to feel the same schedule as if we were back home in Canada so they would you know feel that this was the same so going out and you know exploring the city I was sometimes doing it with them but taking the um, the subway with the three kids was another adventure. So I wasn't doing it that often because <laughs> I tried. Trust me, I tried. <laughs> I almost lost one. So Ooh, <laughs> it was over. Not good. <laughs> exactly. Good. I was like, okay, this is not this is not good. Uh, I'm not going to do this by myself again. Um, so yeah, so it was you know a very uh, focused toward towards the kids at this point in in our life because the kids were so young. But now, like now, it's changing. We have a lot more time for ourselves, and we can explore different things. And we have help here in Canada, so for me, it's it's a lot easier. Yeah, tell me about the decision then to come back. <clears throat> Was yeah. Max still interested in playing, or did he feel that it was time to come home? Yeah. So. That decision was was very hard to take, but um, as an athlete, I could see him being hurt a lot more, and I would I would know exactly what what he was going through because my last year, I remember I was uh, when I was in Toronto with Brian, the pain that I was going through every day, I was yeah. seeing him going going through those kind of pains um, since a few years now. So he was very, very tough, and he loved the game so much. It was very hard for him, for him to admit that, you know, my body is maybe not following what I want to do right now, so I need to take maybe a step back and just focus on, you know, my health. Because, you know, you still want to be able to be on your forehands and play with the kids in a few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's something important. So... So it was a big decision that we we, we took as a family too, because we Jackson is is now in kindergarten, so we wanted him to make friends. Because every time he was making friends, we were moving too. So that was something else that was um, we were putting in in that balance of right. making a decision. Um, so we we uh, he really took a decision, I think, for the family more than from for himself. But um, I, I did push towards coming back home because for me, be, seeing him being in pain was, was very hard. And I knew that the, the, the way he is as an athlete, it would never been enough because he would just go and go and go. And it was ne- never enough. Yeah. So he wanted more and he wanted even more every year. So I knew that for me as a good wife, kind of, I had to be like, you know what, for your for your health and for the good of our family, we need to go back home right now and focus on our other things and, you know, just look back and be happy with what life has been giving us right now. 
and it was it was a very hard decision to take but i think right now we are all very happy that we took that decision it was the right one to take and what it did was uh on our mouth for a few years before we ended up uh taking it uh seriously well, you would have been a tremendous supporter for him because you've already spoken today about what I'll call the transition from elite athlete to um, married with children. And yeah. that change from having to be so self-focused to being yeah. family-focused, that's a big adjustment, just getting from competitive life to what we'll call normal life. So you would have been, I imagine, a tremendous support for him in helping him leave the same kind of competitive situation that you were in to come back home to pursue whatever the next part, whatever your future is going to be. Exactly. Yes, I think it, it was, it was, I was, well, that's what he's telling me. Like, it was a good thing that you, he was able to talk to me about it, you know? Like, he wasn't, no, you, you won't understand. So we were able to have that exchange of, of you know, um, experiences on both of our life, previous life. And I was able to really, I think, help him um, go through those changes because I've been going through them just a few years before him. Um, yes, it was different. Because when I retired, I felt like I had nothing left. And for him, when he retired, he felt like maybe he had something left. Um, but his buddy was in, wasn't giving him um, the, the help that he needed. Him. Yeah, Exactly. The buddy wasn't there anymore. And for mm-hmm. me, the buddy wasn't there, but the mind wasn't there either. So for me, yes. both of them weren't there. But for him, it was only one of them. So I think that was the hardest part for him. Um, to move on um, but f- for him after he just got into other projects right away and just you know keep his focus uh, on other stuff so you know he wouldn't get bored at home and don't know what to do and you know not being sure of what were the other steps so the steps were clear and he had a great plan going into that retirement so we we were able to really it took a few years actually to build that, to be able to build a house where we would live and then where we could work. And we, we, we wanted to really, everything needed to be prepared and we, we did the right steps so we, we could be, um, you know, just at a good place right now where we could start that retirement, we call it. But, you know, it's, it's a second <laughs> career. So it's a second career for me as a mom and maybe I'm going to have another career after that. And for him, it was another career at work. So we were both moving on in our lives together. So it was, it was good, good stuff for us. And I think we did it in the right way and being respectful of, uh, you know, our limits and what, you know, we wanted for a family. So that was, that was the goal since day one. Boy, congratulations, because that is not an easy thing to undertake. It sounds like you're a great team. Is the family, are you still involved in hockey? Is Max still involved in hockey? Yes, Max is still involved in hockey. Uh, he's very busy right now, so he's working in a TV uh, TV channel here in Montreal, and he's doing um, 
he's also a um, hockey agent and he's at the radio as well and he's having a, a few other stuff on the side so he's a super busy man for now in hockey and um out of the hockey as well uh and you know things are gonna evolve uh we're trying stuff right now and we'll see what life what life is gonna bring us in a few in a few years from now i think it's fantastic i'm sure you'll be successful whatever you do um i'm i'm excited to hear about the family's move back but i i would also like to go way back in your skating history um you have such um, a wonderful story to tell and so many ups and downs and so much talent you had uh i i felt like um it was like to watch you was uh, somehow magical for me. You had, I don't know whether it was something you just felt, I think it was, but um, when you're teamed up with great coaches and great choreographers, um, did you have a, a one particular program that, that you loved more than all the oh. others? I think so. I think um, the my free program, Cleopatra, the one that I did um, in Vancouver and yes. also um, at my best performance ever at the 2010 World Championship in Turin in Italy. Um, it was it was a program where I could you know get in my character character and you know. I could play with it um, a lot, and that was for me the dress, the music, the the character that I could bring on the ice was just very very close to my own character, I would say, um, yes. my own personality. Um, so for me, it was one of my best program ever for sure. And for me, it's kind of a tragedy for me <laughs> that you know I I wasn't able to bring the same performance at those 2010 Olympics that I did three weeks after at the world championship in Turin where I had my like best performance ever. Um, it was, it was such a, uh, you know, like I, I can't go back in time, but for me to, to be able to bring, to, to do the same performance that I did at the Olympics that I did three weeks after at, uh, you know, uh, the world championship would have been amazing, but at and least said- I did it once. Yeah. Yeah, you finished fifth at those worlds, right? Yes, yes, yes. yes. It was very a uh, good competition for me. Um, and I have very good memory after that because it was when I had the chance to go with uh, Stars on Ice and have a very good tour with them. And so it, it brought me a lot of very good moments after that. I remember that program very clearly too. But uh, to be honest, I remember a lot of your programs even your last year, I think your free program was to Rhapsody on a Theme of Paganini. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I remember that program. I also remember Claire de Lune. And, and Claire that de Lune. Was, oh, it was, yeah, oh. it, it, that was a good program for me because it was when I came back after all the injuries and after yes. uh, the 2006 Olympics. So it was a lot of emotion because I couldn't do all my jumps still. I think I was only doing maybe the lot, the toe, 
the sow and that was it. So my program was, I had to do my program like clean because my technical value wasn't very high. So what I did, I had to do it very, very good. And I couldn't go with the mistakes. So I remember for me, it was a very um, emotional program because it was after all I've been through. This is what I can do right now, but I'm going to go up from here. Well, I I remember Claire de Lune. That is one of the magical performances that I recall um, because the the way you delivered the program was certainly clean from a technical perspective, but also very clean stylistically. So it wasn't gucked up with, you know, stuff. It was just so pure and so clean is the word that keeps coming to mind. I I remember thinking, oh, this is winning stuff was beautiful. And you you. you had that ability to bring emotion to a program without relying on tricks. You were one of those skaters that I felt you could take out all the jumps and all the spins and I would still be riveted to your skating. But you know what, it is, uh, it is something that I remember too. But at the same time, I was able to deliver it because I would really feel it. Like yeah. it wasn't, I wasn't faking it. I was just sometimes getting into my music and just being transported by it and, you know, feeling all the emotions about, you know, the piano, the, the you know, all the instrument. I would just feel it and it was real. It was nothing was fake. Everything was just pure emotion like in my gut you know so I think that's why people were able to feel it in the stands and this is always the comments I get from people that remember my skating from back then they were like oh my god when when you were skating I could you know feel the emotions of the music but what I what I can understand now is that it, it was because I was actually really going through them that people were able to to feel my vibration you know the the way I would vibrate with the music and yes. feel the emotion that I could transfer to them was this something that was always there with you was it something yes. that that someone taught you what where did that no, come from I, I don't think you can teach that I, agree. I actually don't think you can teach that it was something that I was born with and you know I have three kids now and two of them have it very naturally. I put a sad song and my son is going to be like, he's going to be like all sad and, you know, he's going to feel the music. And, you know, Uh-oh. he's playing hockey and being a very like, you know, like me, boy, you bush, you know. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, oh, you're such a boy. But I put, you know, very sentimental music and a very classical piece and he's going to stop what he's doing. He's going to feel the music. It's going to vibrate inside him you know so I, i'm like okay i didn't teach him that it's it's in his it's blood you know he's just feeling it and yeah. one of my daughter is the same and the other one not at all <laughs> you know <laughs> i can put anything and she doesn't care but um it's it's something i don't think you can teach you can maybe try to teach someone to fake it but you can't if you can feel the music and if it doesn't vibrate in you it's I don't think it, it ever will. You know what I mean? I do. I like and, your and use I of the some... word vibrate. I think vibrate, yeah, it, it, it it's means, a vibration. it really means something. 
yeah yeah i i really see it as a vibration because it's the emotion comes as you know vibration sometimes they're um they're harder sometimes they're softer sometimes they're you know they're different and that's that's how i i I would i would feel it so um and even you know with a lot of things in life i think vibrations are you know coming coming and going and that's how people feel it sure now you mentioned your son's playing hockey uh do any of the children skate figure skate um so my son is five he's playing Mm -hmm. hockey my uh, daughter that is in the middle just started uh, skating, figure skating. So How old is I'm she? I'm not teaching her. She's uh, She just turned four uh, two weeks ago. Um, and she just turned four and she's doing the figure skating. And she wants to do like mommy, but at the same time, she wants to do like daddy too and play hockey. So she's, you know, in the middle of both. <laughs> and she's just loving, she, lo- she loves skating and she's doing her thing. And, uh, you know, we're not, pushing her towards anything it's uh i just want all of them to know how to skate and if they want to pursue something i'll be there by you know their side and but i don't think i'll ever coach them yeah i think i'm going to give them tricks but you know i have to do at home uh i'm doing you know the the, the, the how do you call that the, you know being strict at home and you know yeah <laughs> and i don't want to yes. do it on the ice you know, and well, then I go have fun and I won't be there too. Well, and, yeah. and your role in their lives is much more important than a figure skating coach. You're their mom. And yeah. that's a, yeah. a much more important job. Um, but I know that if they choose to go in that path, I'll be very close to to the coach though. Like I won't, I won't um, you know, let my kids be, you know, uh, with a coach uh, and without me being there. So I'll be a big part, uh-huh. but maybe in the dark, you know, like, but uh, I'll be, yeah, I'll, I'll keep a close eye. Let's say that. <laughs> I think that's smart. I think that's yeah. the best way. Do yeah. any of your children know how famous their parents are? Um, it's funny because sometimes they're asking to uh, see videos of me skating or, you know, our daddy winning the cup or, and, but for them, it, it's, it's very natural. Like it's not something the, they take, uh, you know, uh, proud in, or, you know, it's like, yeah, whatever, like every, everywhere we go, people are asking for daddy's autograph, but for, <laughs> for them, it's, it's like that since they were born. Right. So, they think every daddy is like that. So I think they don't really uh, realize what um, what what we were doing before, and at what level we did it. But I think it's slowly getting into my five years old attention because you know sometimes when we go to to hockey practices, sometimes other kids from his team are gonna have picture with his dad, and start slowly starting to to be like why is everybody wants my, you know, my dad picture? Like, sure. I don't want a picture with their dad. Like, so slowly <laughs> they're tar- starting to ask some some questions. Oh, it's, it's fun when their realization of uh, kind of the world around them and where yeah. you and Max fit into it, uh, that will be an adventure all on its own, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, are and, you? And, go I'm ahead. Sorry, go ahead. 
Okay. Are, I was going to say that sometimes, you know, even for us, we, we want to give them, you know, tricks on the eyes. And sometimes it's like, okay, Jax, you know what? We have, a, we, have a, we have a little ice at home and we don't really do anything with them on the ice. Just, you know, have fun, go skate. And, and sometimes, you know, it's harder than me. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to tell you something. You know, when, you, when you're, you're going to do your turn, can you try? And it's like, mommy, you don't really know how to skate. Come on. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Did he just said that? <laughs> so far, I'm like, okay, okay, we'll talk in a few years. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could, uh, I guess yeah, yeah. you you sort of have to step back and let exactly. let life take over. You know. Exactly. Are you coaching? I am not coaching right now, but because um, it's our first year back uh, in Quebec. And I want to spend as much time as I can with the kids until at least Florence, that one is in kindergarten. But um, I have to go to go back, maybe slowly back into the skating world, and maybe coaching would be great. But I was doing in RDS. This is a French TV channel back home, and I was doing um, some of the commentary at on the TV for the nationals and for Skate Canada International at the beginning of the year. So I was doing that um, on TV at the beginning of the season, and we'll see where that uh, that takes me. And you know, we'll, we'll we'll see. But I would like to get back in the skating field a little bit now that you know the kids are starting to to be a little bit older. And but slowly, I would like to to be back in uh, in the life around this skating world that I know. Now that your children are sort of five and and perhaps getting a little bit more independent. Do you see the world through their eyes? And does that make you look back at the start of your career, like when you started skating and why? Yes. And that makes me ask some questions to my mom because ah. we, we were talking. Yeah, because we were talking last week, me and my husband, and we were talking about, you know, the skating for Lou. And I was like, I, I can't remember how many how many hours should she skate at that age? One per week, two? It would three be too much. And you know that and then I'm I'm starting to ask some questions to, to my mom and like how how was it for you? When did you take it, the decision, you know, to bring me to another skating club? To at what level did you start thinking that maybe I had some, you know, some talent for that sport? And which were, you know, the, the cues where it make you it, it made you think that you know I would need like another coach or you know you know put me to that other level. So I just started asking questions to my mom. So as as much as I know. Everything may be about being a professional professional athlete. I can't really remember when I when I was younger, like which were the steps. Where is it, is it me that I that asked my mom, you know, to do more? Or so it, it is something that we're that we're you know like exploring right now, and we want to to give them the best opportunities, but at the same time we don't want to push anything. Mm-hmm. So I think it's 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 a very it's a very fine line. You need to you need to let the kids choose. I'm sorry. You need to let the kids choose whatever they want to do. But at the same time, you you need to to be there by their side to make the right decisions. So and it, this takes time. It takes a lot of dedications for the parents. And that's what I'm starting to realize that my parents 
I did realize it before, but now even more, like you need to, to ask the right questions. You need to, to bring your kids to the facility like every day, you know, and be there for them and um, spend time at the ring, just waiting and waiting. It takes a lot of time. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. And not it, a lot of parents are being like able just to, to be there for the kids. You're so right. And, and I think, um, certainly for me, it wasn't until I had my children that I realized the kind of sacrifices that my parents had made and the kind of support that they gave without me really, you know, you're stupid. So you don't really understand what it takes. All you think about is, oh, I have to go to the rink and I have to do a run through today or, you know, yeah. back in my day, But I had then, to do figures. Oh, yeah. So oh, it, it is so much time. Like, you, yeah. then your parents are bringing you to the, to the rink and then you have to go back to work and then they come back after to come and get you. But then they have to go get your sister and your brother and they have to make dinner <laughs> and then it doesn't stop. And when you realize how much work it was for so many years, you're like, oh, my God, thank you so much. And you are a warrior for doing it without anybody telling you that I was going to be, you know, an Olympian and you yeah. still did it. Yeah. It's pretty amazing for me to realize that they did it just because I wanted to do it and they were going to give me everything that I needed to succeed. So it's, it's, it was a big luck that I had and I want to give the same chances to my kids now. Do you remember how they helped you, how your parents helped you through some of your highs and lows? I remember the first year you won Canadians, you were just a tot. I think, yeah. was that 2004? How old were you then? Yeah, I was, in, uh, I was uh, 15 years old. Yeah, I yeah. was 15. Yeah, so it was, it was I think, for... For me and my parents, it was, you know, we come from a very small town. My parents didn't have a lot of money. We never really traveled. Uh, it, it was a lot of things that they didn't know about back then. So it was maybe very scary for them. So they were putting a lot of trust into my coaches. Well, actually, all the trust into my coaches and, and the people around them because they didn't know. Yeah. They had no clue. They just wanted me to have the best opportunities and they wanted me to be at uh, at the best uh, for my career and for me as a child, you know, for my development. Um, so they tried, you know, to, to be there for me, but they, they, they couldn't, you know, understand what really was going on and Um, actually, what were you know about the world, the world championship that I went to, the junior one and the senior one? I don't, I don't even think they they really realized what what was the question about. For them, it was world championship, junior or senior. It didn't really made a difference in their life, you know. So right. they they couldn't put you know their decision in the balance because they had no clue what, what was really going on at that time, and it was. They, they weren't in figure skating and they they didn't have that background in their life and they just tried to be there by my side and you know and try to help me um you know be be a child even if if all of these things were happening around me um and they did a wonderful job you know but i think me as a parent 
now that I know all all that I know, it would be very, very different. It would mm-hmm. be hard to have that kind of uh, innocence about it because now yeah. I know what it's like to be a professional athlete. My husband knows what it's like. We we do not have that innocence that my parents. It it was pretty nice that they give me that you know well whatever whatever comes it's okay. I couldn't do that to my kids now because I know exactly what is what is going on, you know, behind mm-hmm. closed doors or, you know, and I know exactly and he knows exactly. So um, uh, I think it, it's, it, they did a wonderful job and it was actually good to have that innocence uh, going through all of those phases in my life. Well, the hardest and, one and the good ones. And and you know a real testament to your ability as a competitor and an elite athlete that you accomplished all the things you accomplished from a position of as to use your word a position of innocence i mean there yeah. were what was it five or six years from 2004 until you won your next national title and I know you went through a lot of ups and downs in those yeah. years. Um, what were some of the high points? I'd, I'd love to hear some of the um, memories that you have about things that stood out for you. Uh, it was like every year was a little better, I would say, from 2004 when I won my first title and then the year after was pretty good as well but then it went down 2006 I had my injury and then I became yeah. a woman so my body started to change and I wasn't a child anymore I was a young woman and as everybody knows um, jumping with a young woman's body is not the same as a as as a child so that's why those Russian girls are doing the quadrilles and right you know we you can do that with a woman's body. You just can't. I'm sorry. It's it's impossible. I don't think it's possible. Um, and that puberty you go you go through, you know you won't be able to jump the way you were before. It's just physically impossible. So what you need to do is to adjust your new body. And um, going through that uh, was a challenge every day. So I had to get through, I had to get used to my new body and really push my body to a, a limit that was, that was hard for me to, to maintain every year. And, but I, I was able to do it until, you know, the 2010 Olympics, that was my goal. And it was just every day a battle and just being a little bit better and a little bit better. And every year was just, um, you know, uh, just a big, a big, a small steps that brought me to the bigger steps in 2010. And I can't remember of one special time, but the Olympics, because it was in the in in the paper since they they won after uh, 2006. I missed the Olympics, and I was like, okay, well, um, do I retired or I just put myself together and I move on and I'm I'm going to be competing at the 2010 Olympics and when I made that decision, that was only one step after another, and it just kept going that way until 2010. And finally, I made that performance that I was waiting for for so many years, since four years, in Turin, like we talk, uh, like we just thought 
uh, yes. talk at the beginning of the conversation. And but that took four years for me to be able to do that. So it was just so so many days, so many years. And finally, I was able to make that one skate that was perfect that I was waiting for for so many years. But I can't think of one special moment, but this one in Italy where I've, I just felt that all of the pieces were finally at the yeah, right place. Like it all came together. Exactly. To that special moment. And I made that performance and it was so effortless. Everything was so easy. I was I was jumping like and it was like nothing. Everything was easy because I've been doing it for so many times and practices. Um, but that took a big four years, and that was the only moment I felt for myself that things were just so easy for once since you, 2004. You made a decision uh, at some point after that. You moved to Toronto to train, yes. right? Yeah. Yes, I did move with Brian and Tracy. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my regret was that I didn't do it maybe earlier because when I arrived with Brian Tracy, they had all the best intention. They were so amazing with me, but I arrived there as a, you know, a, a you know, a very fragile bird, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. I arrived there and, you know, one of my ring, wing was broken and sure. I arrived there with so many emotions and a big background of, you know, um, it, it, it was, it, I wasn't in the right state when I arrived there. My body was hurting very much. I had the problem in my back, but I didn't want to acknowledge wanna, it. Yeah, you didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. I didn't want to talk about it. I was having a hard time just removing my guard before getting on the ice. Mm-hmm. But I was so used thought that, you know, it's nothing and... Uh, maybe you don't really feel it. Maybe you're faking it. And okay, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Maybe it's just I'm faking it. And like, at one point you have to be. Wow. I was just you know in that in that swirl, and I arrived there, and I remember. Um, I think it was Sunday. It was Petra Petra Berka Petra mm-hmm. was there, and she just gave me a lesson, and she just looked at me, and she was like, you know, Cynthia, it's it's okay. It's okay if you're not okay. And I remember starting to, to like cry and be like, yeah, I'm not doing well. <laughs> and oh. and I, 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 it was for me like I, they they wanted to help me so much, but I I needed to either take a, f- a good few months back from the um, competition and mm-hmm. just build, you know, my health, uh, and bring me to to to, you know, a state where I could be able to to move forward or step back from the competition and just move on with my life. And it was a decision that I that I took, but I want to take that decision because Brian and Tracy and Petra and, um, Bra- um, I'm sorry, Ghislaine was there and they were, they were listening to me and not just to, you know, the athlete, but to the woman I was. And... He knew there was something after, and they they just they they just listen and they they help me uh, move on with my life and be okay with the decision that I was taking. You know, yeah. so I'm I'm very 
grateful to them to, you know, I didn't know me for a, a very long time when I got there. Uh, I got there for a year, not even. And they just they just made all of that um, transition with me and they, they stood there with me and you know they 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 stood they stood up for me and they they they, they tried to help me move on with my life and i i'm very very um happy that i i made that move even if it, it was just for one year it, it was great they they taught me very good values when i was there well there are no better people to uh help you prepare not just for skating but for life than yes. the team there, that's for sure. And I think yes. uh, of all the wonderful coaches in our country, you couldn't have landed at a better place. And yeah. you know, uh, yeah. Yeah. look look where your life has gone since then. Yeah, they, they didn't judge me. Yeah, they didn't judge me at any... I didn't felt judged. I didn't felt like I was you know, uh, bullets, you know, like, like yeah. it was like, um, you know, something like they had to carry around, like they were just listening and they, they just saw that thing good and they, they just helped me found the solutions and helped me maybe be okay with the decision that I had to take. And, you know, I, I'm, I would always be very, um, very, very happy that I met them. Even if it was just for a small part of my career, they they did help me very much to to move on with my my competitive um, person that I was. You know, they they I think they've been through it as well. The uh, because of their experience, it did help me very much for sure. And we fail to realize, and some of this is because of our age when we're competitors and our life experience at skating or that competitive part of skating, being an elite athlete, is just a tiny little piece of our lives. Uh, And if we're fortunate enough, I think, as you have been, to have been surrounded by people who can see the bigger picture they help yeah. us see the bigger picture too. And now here you are. It sounds like you're you're in a, a wonderful family. You and Max. You have three wonderful children who I think are very blessed to have you both as parents. You have a lot of experience to share and a lot of wisdom to pass along. Yeah. Thank and, you. Well, I, I can't wait to to transfer them all that knowledge. Now it's a little bit too soon, but um, <laughs> we we can't wait to actually transfer them all that we've been through. And it's for I think it's it's one of the best things we can you know make them learn. Like what what, what we have been through is is uh, something that make us grow stronger as humans. And they will find their own way. Too, which is yes. often not the way we might choose. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm starting to understand right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, not because it's we've really been through something that... Yeah, exactly. It is hard. Oh, Cynthia, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. It It is always a delight to be able to chat with you, and I look forward to lots more now that you're back at least in Maple Leaf land. Um, I hope that our paths cross very soon. Thanks so much. It was wonderful to talk to you again. Thanks. We'll see each other soon. All the best. Bye for now.
Not all past champions have made as smooth a transition into life after skating as Canadian champion Cynthia Feneuf. She now puts family first and with three young children fully recognizes the enormous contributions made by her own family to help her live her skating dream. Which paths will her children take? She'll be there to support them wherever those paths may lead. My name is Alex Kilby. Thanks again for joining us on this month's edition of the Skate Canada Alumni Blog. We'd encourage you to follow us and subscribe to new episodes of this podcast by visiting alumni.skatecanada.ca. On that website, you can not only listen and uh, read about every single past episode, you can also read through our regular newsletter posts to the blog. If you have a program like iTunes, Google Podcasts, or any other podcasting app, you can also subscribe so each new episode of this podcast is automatically delivered onto your device. We'd also encourage you to share your thoughts. Every single post of the podcast and of the newsletter has a comment section, and we'd love to hear what memories that the, the stories we've shared have inspired you to recall and to reminisce and to share your own experiences that complement the stories that we've told. Thanks again for joining us. We'll look forward to seeing you again next month on the Skate Canada Alumni Podcast. Mm-hmm.